0: greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, The Fight Podcast. This is episode 234, Fight Roundtable. I'm your host of Underground King Serge Vicente, and today we have another amazing show for you guys, man. And here's the thing, I think we can all agree, especially after last weekend, especially after what's been going down, oh, this weekend was needed, it feels good, and I'm so happy that it has been a positive, positive week uh, of fights, man. Boxing and MMA-wise, a lot, a lot of fun. But we have a team of people to break it down today. So on today's episode, we have our Fight Roundtable. We are joined once again by the guru himself, the man, the myth, the legend. We have B-Cams on the show. Man, B-Cams is joining us today. Also on the show, we have the host of No Catch Up Chicago, my friend, Sean Little is coming on the show as well, man. If you guys have not heard his show, you need to. By far the best sports talk show around, especially if you're from Chicago, man. So check his shit out today. Well, not right now, after you listen to us, and then you can go ahead and hit that up. So check out with Sean. Also, on today's episode, we have MSG Network's very own Cameron Smith as well, man. So we have a fact episode. We're gonna have a lot of fun, we're gonna talk fights. We're going to talk NBA. We're going to talk elk, all kinds of shit, man. So without further ado, let's bring the gentleman on the show. First and foremost, we have to bring the man, the myth, the legend, the guru,
1: B-Cam. Welcome to the show, my brother. Yes, sir, brother. Thank you for having me, Part of usual. Happy to be back. It was a fun, fun weekend. Let's get into it. Let's get it. Let's get it. And
0: also, man, uh, without further ado, the host of No Catch-Up Chicago, my man, Sean Little. What it do, brother?
2: Salute, 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 man. Always happy to be on the Fly Pod, man. We l- l- Let's break it all down. Lots to talk about.
0: A- absolutely, man. Well, first and foremost, gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Um, man... What a what a fight weekend, man. Um, what a fight weekend. And I think we can all agree. Well, first and foremost, before we get into anything, anything you guys want to talk about before we get into the fights? Anything you guys
1: want to touch on? Sending good vibes to my Yankees playing Indies right now. We have 3 nothing. We need to lock in this period,
2: <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, not- on the on the on that same note, me and uh me and B Cam were just talking about the presidential debate. We got to see uh, if Whoa. Biden can hold his own out here later tonight. So that should be interesting.
0: I, I look. I, I'll be very honest with you. I don't think Biden holding his own against Trump is anything that's. He he's done a great job. I mean, Biden in terms of what he's done, you guys both know I am not a fan of Biden, but in terms of a debate platform, what he's done, especially in the last few de- Democratic debates, um, he ha- not only did he hold his own, he 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 pretty much you know he shined. He did a great job. Um, and if you can sit there and have an intellectual debate with someone like a Bernie Sanders, who is actually an intelligent human being. I think he can do okay against a twelve-year-old. So I'm sorry to all twelve-year-olds out there. I know you guys are more <laughs> intelligent than
2: that. <laughs> hey, so. This is the fight podcast. What is that Mike Tyson <laughs> quote where he says it's, it's all good? You got a plan till you get punched in the mouth. Yeah, hit in the face, man, in the That's, that's face. facts. That's, if facts. Any, that's, if that's anybody, big facts. If anybody could take you off your your course of of what you were gonna say and getting trained, it's Donald Trump, man. So we gonna see. Penny hey, pool. you know a what? God.
0: <laughs> Man, for real. That's not even a question. You know, Mr. Petty himself. Um, But look, that's going to be later on tonight. You guys all know who follow the Fight Podcast. You absolutely know I'll be talking about that and breaking it down. Um, Also talking about how all of us pay more in taxes than he ever has. So that's also something (laughs) to talk about. Uh, All right, so let's go ahead and do this. Moving right along, man, this weekend's uh, title fights have to start off with talking about this one the last style bender Adesanya went out there and did absolute work against Polo Costa man if you guys actually look at it I'll be honest with you I don't think it was a very close fight with all the talking with all the bolstering with all everything else man he went out there and got completely ran over okay uh, Israel the last style bender, Adesanya gets a second round TKO finish man it looked like two totally different levels it looked like two guys that weren't even supposed to be there together man so let's go ahead and talk about it man now that we've seen the highlights now that we've actually know what is going on gentlemen what are your thoughts on Adesanya's big win against Costa and are we all aboard the hype train or is there some more to
2: prove let's go ahead and start off with Sean brother what do you think oh my gosh look so I'm always looking for a, a, a betting angle, right? Oh, and absolutely. you always get to just because I'm I'm into combat sports, but I'm not. You used to do it, right? Absolutely. So when I when I want to get the technical, when I want to get the 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 real deal on what's going on, we always chat beforehand. Absolutely. Going into going into the fight, you broke it down perfectly. You essentially. Said things that the casual guy doesn't know is, you know, like you said, it's not muscles don't win fights. This is not rock em, sock 'em robots. Never so had like Costa is a good looking dude and he looks physical and uh, he looks like he could just pummel you to death. This is not the one for that. Stylebender is not the one for that. Uh, and he proved it on Saturday night. I Right after the, the fight was stopped, I tweeted immediately an absolute clinic by Stylebender because that's exactly what it was. Any way you like it, he showed you what he could do. Hands, the kicks, the control, Everything. the reach, the – the. you know what really – before I go off on a tangent because I could talk about and we're all <laughs> going to talk about it. We're gonna talk about it. Everybody's this, gonna talk about it. This was an absolute clinic. The at one point one of the announcers said that look, man, this guy's is breathing breathing through his nose, hasn't hasn't taken a deep breath yet. He was, yet. Calm. He was, was calm, calm, collected. I loved everything about what he did. He put on a clinic, and um, we'll get into it, I'm sure. I'm not sure if they told Costa not to apply tons of pressure like he typically does. Or well, did, hold,
0: hold hold that thought real quick okay. because I do yeah. want to talk about that specifically. B, yeah. what were your thoughts on the fight? Um, I want and, to pick To answer your question, I mean, look, we talked. We just talked about. I mean, is is there still more to prove for Adesanya?
1: Not yeah, for me. I mean- to, to piggyback on the Sean's <laughs> point, I mean, he, I think he tried to apply pressure, but he straight up couldn't. I mean, Israel Adesanya tore up that front leg of his, and after a while, it just was not possible to apply that pressure that he's Look used my to. Swiss cheese, boy, <laughs> he, that was talking- nasty. Absolutely. We talked about it last week. We thought it'd be an easy fight for him because Paulo Paul Costa has um, ready made style for a striker like Israel Adesanya. He's literally going to play into his game plan and make it an easy night for him. And that's exactly what it was. He, to me, he was more dominant than I expected. I expected a win. I probably expected a knockout, but I did not expect it to look that dominant. I didn't expect it to look that easy and he a world-class performance by a top level striker in Israel Adesanya. And with that being said, I am aboard the hype train. You look at his string of wins. You have Derek Brunson, Anderson Silva, Kevin Gaslam, Robert Whittaker, you all it. and now Paulo Costa, this this last string of wins that he's gone on. If you're not aboard the hype hype train, someone needs to speak to you because he's there, he's it. And I mean, if you wanted to give him a knock, you'd say, "Hey, I want to see him uh, against a more skilled wrestler, a more uh, a jitsu specialist." But outside of that, we've we've seen everything. He's so dominating the best in the
0: world. So, and and that's one thing that we have to say because I think this brings up the 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 the, 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 the bigger point of it. Um, not only Is Israel the last style bender Adesanya the best middleweight in the world right now? He's second best all time already, already, and the only one that's ahead of him. Man, I hate to admit it to you. I mean, it's 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 the goat Anderson Silva, whom Adesanya has already beaten. So, and that's only because of the sheer volume of time he's been there. Think about this: you just listed off the name of the guys that he's actually beaten. He's beaten. Seven of the top 10 guys in the UFC's top 10 right now in his division. He's literally already almost cleaned out his weight class, and he's only been in the UFC for two and a half years. And here's the thing, and we'll talk about really quick the the co-main event, which is phenomenal, but I'll be very honest with you. Not only is Adesanya the best 185-pounder in the world, he's the best 205 or two right now. It's not even question. So I, if he wanted it, he can go up there right now and take that belt if he truly
2: wanted it. I'm just letting you know. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'll hop in there on on that. They, and and they, really
0: quick, gentlemen. I want this to be open, flowing conversations. You feel like you want to jump in? Do do your shit. All right, let's go.
2: Yeah, of let's course. Have a good time with it. And, and, and I'll I'll hop in on what you said and B Cam. Um, the list of guys you named, uh, Brandon was, and these weren't tough fights for him. He was in there doing his thing just like almost like he was playing around testing stuff out. He's
0: really had the only tough fight he's really had is his fight against <laughs> Kelvin Gastelum. And you know the crazy thing about that is think about how much better he's gotten from that fight.
2: Right. So It's nuts. So to off the list that we just went through that he's beaten up fairly easily And then they showed, you know, the top contenders after the fight and his weight class, like you said, at 185. It's a graveyard, and there's no one in sight that's going to be able to contend with him. So I don't know if he wants to hang out at 185 and do his thing there just because um, going up to 205 seems like that's the next play. And and according to Surge, ain't nobody up there for him either.
1: As of right now, there's not. Go ahead. Yeah, and, and, and that was my next question for Serge. Where does a guy yeah, like Israel Adesanya go right. from here with, a, with, with something that will actually garner interest? Some, something where we think Israel Adesanya could potentially lose. Are, are there any fights? That, it sounds like there's nothing at 185. Is there something at 205? It's always cool to be a champ champ. That's the thing for the guy which Israel Adesanya is in the UFC right now. They want to be champ champ. So maybe he goes after that. But what's next for him?
0: I'll be very honest with you guys. Um, the more I think about it, the more I, and I look at the landscape, um, I would he's one of those guys that he's doing this for legacy. He's legacy hunting. He's not chasing belts. He's literally said that belt means absolutely nothing to me. I'm looking for legacy. So he wants to go out there and defend. He wants to beat Anderson Silva's record of consecutive title defenses. And remember, he fights often. In a year with a with a uh, with a pandemic, this man has gone out here and he's already fought two times and he's probably going to fight one more time before the year is over. With in a year of a pandemic, and that's talking about the biggest name of the sport. Think about it. McGregor fought in January. We haven't seen him since. You that's know what I mean? Fault, you,
2: you, are we going to get into that though? We, we will definitely get into that. <laughs> we'll absolutely get into that. But
0: look, even even still, Masvidal fought once. John Jones fought once. This dude's going to fight, end up fighting three times when it's all said and done at the end of this year, man. Um, is you, there you anybody for him?
1: Is another one in this year? Yeah,
0: they, they'll probably I don't have him. So. Pro- they'll, they'll probably have them, and they'll try to get them at the uh, one of those end-of-the-year shows. If they can get him one of those December shows, they absolutely will if they can. Do, do I think they will? Is it prob- I know they're going to try to. I, I don't know if they're going to actually get it, but I know they'll try to.
1: I, th- I think it's a bit of a reach, but it's possible.
0: Yeah. It, it, I mean, it all depends on what happens with Jared Cannoneer and, um, and and Robert uh, Whitaker. If Jared Cannoneer walks through Robert Whitaker and gets out of that fight with nothing wrong with him, and that fight's in about a month, they'll definitely do it before the end of the year.
1: We'll see. I mean, it's the end of September, almost October, that it would be a quick turnaround. Not to say he can't do it, but I mean, I, I say Honestly, Q1, Q1 2021.
0: He, he fought five times last year.
1: I'm not saying it's impossible, friend, but usually the top top stars are not going to fight five times in a year.
0: I, I, they do in the UFC. Go back and look at, historically. Look at the best guys in the UFC. They fight often. Okay. When John Jones was at his best. He was fighting three and four times a year. Uh, Max Holloway fights three and four times a year. The champions fight, uh, Amanda Nunes fights three and four times a year. The best I, in the UFC fight. It's not like boxing. They don't do. They don't play like that.
1: And three or four times a year is realistic. Five times at this point in his career, probably not. But I do, I could see him being three, four times a year. I just and don't. And you're think also talking about a guy a that one.
0: just had his 100th career combat sports win. He doesn't mind fighting yes. off.
1: I'm just, so, I'm not saying from his standpoint, from the, MMA, from the UFC standpoint, I don't think they're going to put him out there again, end of the year. They could, we'll see. I just don't see it. If the fight was beginning of September, maybe. But the end of September, I think it just makes it a little bit more unrealistic. Okay. Especially I, 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 three, I hear I hear training it just, camp.
0: I, I hear what you're saying. Um, I disagree, but I hear you. Um, all right. So, what well, is one thing I think about? Um, I didn't have a big issue with it. I thought, look, man, motherfucker, you reap what the fuck you sow. But people had an issue with it. What were your guys' thoughts on Adesanya's big win against Costa? Do you think his? I'm sorry, wrong question. Bomb. Post fight antics. What do y'all think about his post fight antics and were they out of bounds? And also, after this <laughs> fight, and again, two parter, pound for pound, where does he rank? So, B, where do you think about this?
1: I mean, I didn't see anything with his post-fight antics that were out of bounds. I mean, Paolo Costa was pretty aggressive leading up to the fight with the trash talk. He brought the white belt to the weigh-in. I mean, he talked a lot leading into this fight. So you can't expect Israel Adesanya, someone who has a pretty big mouth to begin with, to win the fight and be humble about it. He just beat the shit out of you. You're going to hear about it because you... Talked a lot of shit to get to this point. So why would I beat you and just shake your hand? Now, there's a lot of guys that go that route. They say, hey, the trash talk was to build the fight. And that I totally understand. But in this case, it was not just to build the build fight. It was pretty disrespectful. And so Israel Adesanya responded after he beat the shit out of him and defended his belt. No problem with him at all. As far as his his uh, power for pound ranking and MMA, um, he's up there with John Jones and be. Khabib Nur, uh, uh, Nurmagomedov, maybe I got that all right. But, you uh, got it, brother, you got it. At, at, at this point, th- there's always an at, at this point, I think he leapfrog, leapfrogs in both. For me, in pound-for-pound pound rankings, mm. there's, there's always, and, I, and mm. let, me, let, me there, let me get there, let me get there, let me get there. In my, in my opinion, and this will look at okay. boxing as well later in this okay. later in this episode, there's an aspect of the pound-for-pound pound rankings of what yes. have you done for me lately. And John Jones and Khabib Numer- 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 Madoff, while they are probably still better fighters than um, than Israel yeah, Adir- yeah. Adir- and they and they do deserve to, they do deserve to be above them. They just haven't been active enough for me to put them there. So with, with the activity combined with the, the impressive performances, I would allow him to leapfrog them. He could be number one until one of those guys gets back in the ring. Now, Khabib comes out, defends his belt late in October. He's number one again. Cool. But, <laughs> that,
0: but okay so so to cut, so let's so i i hear you but it's you cannot leapfrog guys who are the only reason both of these guys have fought within the calendar year if it was farther than a calendar year and they hadn't competed then okay maybe that's has so been within that's a fair. calendar year i'm not moving those two guys out the way he is a solid a solid number three behind khabib and um and John Jones. And that because I do
1: think he leapfrogs at. I do. Now, do we get to take a look at John Jones ranking? His last couple fights have been very iffy. You have, you've had guys, but, but, but old you, old but old you, old you old have old. to go,
0: I mean, with him, it is one of those things kind of like we do with Canelo. It's historically, you look at what he's done through
2: in his totality and he hasn't slowed no, down. Look, I can't
0: take him away
2: from number two pound for pound. Well, look, pound for pound is, I agree with Brandon. It's what have you done for me <sighs> lately? And when you say okay. the, 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 the the best pound for pound fighter walking the earth right now, it's mm-hmm. definitely not a guy that just eked by in his last fight with Reyes. And then I didn't he, say we, he's number one. I didn't on, say he's number one. But I mean, you have him in front of Israel, right? So, As of right now, yes. So yes. The, at least for me, the pound for pound thing is who's the best pound for pound guy right now? Meaning, who's the baddest motherfucker walking right now today? Just, yeah, and absolutely. coming off of that, he. he Khabib, I love is, it. Khabib is obviously a, a whole different animal and he fights next month or exactly. I guess in a couple of weeks. So we'll definitely couple, see uh, that there. Wait, three weeks, but, I
0: believe he fights. Yeah. We're about to see him fight.
2: Yeah. I have no problem putting a style bender in front of John Jones, purely off of, I like, like B said activity. And what have you done for me lately? I just saw this dude like beat it. the brakes off a dude that forget about pound for pound. This dude's 15, 20 pounds heavier than him. And he laid him out easy. So yo, yo, real quick, real quick, and, and let me say this because I feel like we
0: haven't got into this. Yo, the level of ass whooping he put on that man—that's
2: what I'm Holy saying. Holy shit, it was crazy, I, man. He, he I, beat I, I the was, bre- he, he beat the brakes off that boy real quick. He beat the brakes off that boy, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the antics are. And I'm assuming I beat Be kind of danced around it. I'm assuming we're talking about him <laughs> pumping him after. Yeah, Stop that's it. what it was. When he got behind about,
0: him right?
2: in the eye. He let him have it. So, is that <laughs> is that out of line? Is that too much? Maybe a little bit, but that's just what it is. He, if you get if you come in the ring talking all that shit and come in it's there and get crazy. laid out like that, I mean, is it out of line a little bit? Yeah, but did he back up everything he said? And then everything, did he fuck you everything, up? He everything he did. So it, it's yeah, a little I mean, it's it's just a little over the it. line, but. Uh, I mean, you, it, it it is what it is, bro. You got to take the L and, and and keep it moving.
0: Look, man, I, 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 I look, I'm, when I anyway, go, ahead. we got to move on after right this one. But go ahead and make the last point, guys.
1: You know, I'm a boxing guy. I come from the world of Adrian Bronner. so I've seen men get humped before. It just it, it <laughs> happens every now and again. But also, one thing that I always say is, you, you need to show the world that this guy doesn't belong in there with you. And that's what he did. He, he just did not belong in there with him. He's a different class of fighter. Let's move on. I mean, Israel Adesanya is it. That's right. He can fight his way back, maybe get another title shot down the line. But for now, we got Stylebender.
0: That's it. There, there it is. There, I love it. I love it, man. Um, Stylebender went out there and did his thing. Um, he put on one of those performances that I think solidifies him as the top, top five, absolutely pound for pound, but he has one of those those things. a lot of people don't have he has the ability to be an all-time great and um and i when i see him i'm amazed i'm I'm, i mean he's my favorite fighter to watch right now i mean he's totally different i love his style and that's the thing the way he evolves each each and every fight and the thing about it is when we watch this actual fight looking at how he went out here and not only completely outclassed this man he everything that he did was with purpose he Absolutely walk this man into everything that he threw. He played him like a fiddle. It was just like, it looked like this dude was out here playing video games. Like, check this out. Watch me do this. And there was absolutely nothing Costa can do. I loved it. He he dominated the uh the range. And when you dominate the range in a manner as, as he did, I mean, and here's the thing: can we all stop saying? Because let's be honest, there was one. Everyone tries to say Costa is a power puncher. Costa is not a power puncher. Kosta is a volume striker. There was one knockout artist in that ring, and it's Israel, the last been right Let's just let everyone, let's, let's let that to red right now. All right, uh, moving right along, um, I do want to talk about this. Um, I, I want to go ahead and talk about, obviously, Jan Blockwitz did his thing. Congrats to him. But we have to talk about the other big event of the weekend, and that is the Charlo Twins. Charlo Twins went out there, charlo twins did absolute work this past week man went out there and dominated both twins did jamal charlo big charlo 160 went out there and defeated sergey devrochenko man it's something that a lot of people did not believe that he was gonna do he dominated that fight from pillar to post man had some tough moments but did his thing also little charlo fought also on that pay-per-view as well headlined his own version of it and when i say this dude beat the hell out of somebody bro he went out there and landed some bombs and absolutely destroyed Henderson Rosario, man. Ended up getting that W. And uh, he is now the unified champion at 154, holding belts with the WBC, the IBF, and um, one of the other ones that I can't find in my notes. B! What do you think about this, man? How do you think? And here's the thing. We're going to go ahead and pull this man up because he's he's here. And I'm happy to finally have him on the show, man. Um, joining us also on today's episode, one of my brothers, man. I'm so happy. He's one of the people that really um, pushed me into um, following this path of um, of sports media. And um, uh, a, like I said, a friend of mine, a mentor of mine, a, a buddy, he is killing it over at Network, as well as the, the the litany of other things he's doing, my brother, Cameron Smith. Cam, what it do, man? Welcome to the Fight Podcast.
3: Yo, I appreciate being on again, Serge. I appreciate you, brother. Good to join everybody, man. Thanks for having a- me. A-
0: absolutely, absolutely. So check it out, man. We are talking about some boxing, but we have some things for you because I, there is some NBA news that we have to discuss, all right, <laughs> that we have to discuss um, because, I mean, let's be honest, my Lakers made it another, you know, they're, they're making it to the finals. I'm happy about that. Um, and yes, I'm going to say my Lakers. I was I just about to it. say. <laughs> oh, you know, my say God. We made it. <laughs> you're, from, you're, you're, from, you're from Chicago, though, right, sir? No, I, Chicago, I mean, right? it's, it's my Bulls also, but I've been a Lakers <laughs> fan since 96.
1: Because I'm not
3: sure. I, thought,
1: right? I to it B- <laughs> I mean, I, I don't know what's up with him, but I'm I'm a New Yorker, I'm a Knicks fan. I can't really complain <laughs> to anybody. Um, I'm just I'm, and I'm gonna be a Knicks fan for life, an abused, battered. Knicks fan. It just is what it is. Shout so out How Knicks. do you,
0: being a Knicks fan, how <laughs> do you feel that LeBron James has made it to more finals appearances than your entire franchise?
1: Wow, we haven't had a LeBron James type of player. Jordan, <laughs> 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 Chicago, you've had LeBron and Kobe in LA. We haven't got one of those players. So, okay, when we get one of those, we'll be all right. I might be dead, right. but, you know. All right, well, look, check it out. We'll, we'll talk about that all and more in a minute. Um, we were just getting
0: into finishing up talking about the Charlos and his twins, Brandon, really quick, what were your thoughts about his both of their performances? And let's be very honest, man. Whom do you think, if any one of them, stood out? Which twin had the best performance?
1: So I'll start with Jamel Charlo. Um, I was very impressed with Jamel Charlo and the nature in which he was able to get him out of there. I don't think any of us have ever seen a jab to the body knockout. And the way that Rosario reacted, I was I was a bit concerned for a while for him to just walk out of the ring, go to I the thought That dude was about to die, man. That shit looked terrible. For <laughs> nothing to be wrong with him. I, I was pretty shocked. But I mean, Jamal Jamel Charlo got him out of there. Now he got knocked down. He got a knockdown in the first round, and I think maybe around the sixth round, and then he got him out of there in the eighth round. Now, right, outside of that, Rosario dominated the fight. So he got knocked down in the first round, and then he won the next three rounds on two judges scorecards, the next four rounds on one of the judges scorecards. So he had retaken over that fight before getting knocked down the sixth and then taken out in the eighth. When you listen to Jamel after the fight, he, he mentioned that he's starting to realize that the knockout will come. And that's a habit that I don't want him to fall into just fighting for the knockout. And he I'm had
0: glad you're out. talking about that. Hold, hold that thought for one second. Gentlemen, um, also, any of you guys had any thoughts on that as well? Uh, on that fight, because I, I love where you're going with that one. And I want to I want to ask you about a specific point to that. Anybody have anything else to add,
2: which is Damn, not ahead, totally cool.
3: No, I mean, you said it right there. You want to be patient and trying to pick your shots. So I think that's kind of the thing that a lot of fighters it's like that. Uh, Like you have the, the, the one devil on the one shoulder and, and the good angel on the other and You're trying to just like listen in and see, you know, what's the right things that you should do, Um, because if you choose wrong, you could be putting yourself in a tough position. So patience is a big thing, and that just goes for a lot of sports But making sure you're picking your spots. But ultimately, man, the Charlo brothers are uh, a problem for real. So um, definitely, I, I feel what you're saying on that, B-CAM. I,
2: I will say this. I saw a guy get, uh, get the fight stopped last week. We're, we're, not, we're not even catching a body shot in Tyron Woodley. So saw his body crumble without even getting punched directly in the in the body. You know what I'm saying? So we, hey, we won't won't, go there.
4: I saw saw my man's
2: tap. He didn't even get punched. But in all all seriousness, in all seriousness, if uh, if you land a jab to the body and the fight gets stopped, you were putting in work way before that. You know what I'm saying? So it's it's a it's a, a testament to how much work Charlo was putting in and it was the last shot. It looked like it took him out, but it was the body of work before that.
3: And so nice. speaking of body shots too, man, you think about Bernard Hopkins and how many fights have he, he won with body shots, right? I'm thinking about uh, Felix Trinidad when he oh, caught him. man. Why well, do you got to bring a Puerto this, Rican brother I'm like just, that? I'm oh, right, man. But I, just, I, just, I vividly remember Trinidad just on the, the canvas, just gasping for air. Um, and if Absolutely. you've never been hitting the body like that or the guy's wind knocked out of you, that's an experience that you don't want, right? Because you feel yeah. like you can't breathe or something that you just kind of, you, you have to wait until that, that pain passes. And when you're in a boxing match like that and you get hit by an assassin, someone that pinpoints and, and hits those ribs or those lungs, whatever it is, then you're in trouble. So those body shots can cripple the toughest man.
0: Man, telling you, man, it, it was nuts. And it definitely was one of those. Um, Brandon, I want to ask you a question. Um, you were, and you were starting to kind of allude to this a little bit, but the fight was stopped in the eighth round. At the time of the stoppage, Rosario ended up landing 24 more shots than Big Char, Little Charlo. Is Little Charlo depending on his power a little bit too much? And is he being a little bit too patient at times?
1: I absolutely think that he is. And, I mean, you can't argue with the result on Saturday. Eighth round knock, knockout unifies the belts it in the division. Super impressive performance. He got he ended up with three knockdowns at the end of the fight. However, from the first round to the sixth six round, seemed like a big lull. He picked his spots. He was... You know, he, he was always dangerous, but he allowed a guy like Rosario to just come on to him over time. And I, with a guy like Rosario, who isn't really proven outside of that win against J Rock, that might work. But once you get to some 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 bigger names. That won't work, and you can't just give rounds away like that. And that, That's something that Jamal under his older brother, understood. He was he, getting rounds in the bank. I think he dominated probably the first six rounds of that fight before Derevchenko got into the fight at all. But I, I just don't like the lulls. I don't like giving away rounds. The only person that's able to really get away with that is going to be a Deontay Wilder, and while Jamel Charlo has a ton of power, he's not Deontay Wilder. Um, I don't want to take away from his performance. Impressive overall, but that will be my one knock on him.
0: Um, real quick, uh, one thing before we move on with uh, with this one, uh, one thing I do want to ask you guys is this: um, after looking at them, we've seen them go out there and perform. They this was their first pay pay per view event. Um, a lot of a lot was riding on this. A lot of people have been saying that the Charlos aren't enough. The Charlos, they're good. They're athletic. They're fast. They're strong. But they're missing something. Are people going to actually finally change their tunes now and? Um, as for quick answers for all you guys, do you think they have what it takes to literally be pound for pound stars? Uh, Sean, let's go start with you.
2: Yeah, of course they do. But I don't think the problem, uh, is with the Charlo brothers. I think for you to be a pound for pound star in a, in a league, you have to get a lot of support from that specific league. Right. And I don't think boxing has, uh, has been given those guys enough support. And that's the, that's the problem boxing has with, especially now dealing with the UFC. Okay.
1: Well, I'll say okay. I'll, I'll say boxing has supported these guys. It depends on what community you're from. I mean, boxing is very segregated, if you would. I mean, the Blacks usually root for Black fighters. Spanish usually root for the Spanish fighters. And, I mean, that's just what it is. And with the Charlos, we've been behind them, but they haven't proven themselves. And they took a lot of, quote-unquote, tune-up fights before they got to matchups like these, which we really need to see before we can really get behind them. I think everybody's behind them now. I mean, the Charlos are legitimate. And, I mean, Those performances were fringe pound for pound type performances, especially if you take into to to the account of what have you done for me lately? Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. I I mean, for me, I I think everybody knows. uh, Cam, do you have any? What do you think? Do you think these guys have an opportunity to be pound for pound? Even better question. Would you like to see Big Charlo against Canelo Alvarez?
3: Oh, yeah, we definitely want to see that because that's another way that you can have that Charlo name get out there even more when you have him going against one of the best in the boxing game. But this essentially served what the Charlo brothers did. Uh, it really essentially served as a, a bigger coming out party for them, right? Having both and, and, of these brothers on these platforms and trying to gain more attention to them, gain more fans. So by doing that, your name gets get bigger, you have more support, uh, whether it's from black, white, Hispanic, it doesn't matter. So when you do that, you're able to cross lines. And so I think that's what they're trying to do. And they made a good step forward in doing that and having impressive showing.
0: I love it, man. I agree with all you guys. Um, I I would personally love to see the Charlo twins getting the recognition that I believe they deserve. I think that both Charlos are the best in their current divisions at this time. Um, But I still want to see them fight some of the best in the world. All right, um, speaking of the best in the world, And speaking of the best promotions in the world, and this is something that I know all of you guys can go ahead and weigh in on, we have to talk about Dana White and Conor McGregor. I don't know if you guys have been watching this or paying attention to this, but yo, things are going a little crazy. People out here, you know, pill talking and doing all kinds of nonsense. (laughs) Uh, Let's go ahead and bring up this video. I'm gonna go ahead after the video, I'm gonna read what the text and the tweets actually said. And then we're gonna hear what Dana White said, and then we're gonna go ahead and break it down. So uh, without further ado, let's go ahead and listen to what they got to say. So we're gonna get them talking about it, cause this dude was out here and I can't lie. I'm usually not one to talk about, you know, gossiping like this, but let me bring up this, this video. As we can all see. My man is out here. For sure. A couple of times outside
3: night, Conor McGregor made waves over the last 24 hours or so talking about this. Uh, well, first of all, sharing direct messages from you. Did that, did that upset you that he kind of shared private conversations? Listen,
4: I've had people blowing me up left and right. Um, I mean, everybody here knows, I mean, even the ladies, this is some man code stuff. You know, you don't, you you just, it's, it's just something you don't do. It's one of the, it's one of the dirtiest things you can do, which by the way, you know, because, uh, we are just talking about Diego Sanchez, you know, and Diego Sanchez is in there <clears throat> in a private conversation that I was having with Connor. When you're the number two or three ranked guy in the world and you're, you're telling me that you want to fight, but you want to fight unranked 39-year-old Diego Sanchez in a main event in Los Angeles, you know.
3: Yeah, fair enough how how valid is this pacquiao thing though can you comment on that i mean is this a real thing that I can have, happen
4: i have no idea no idea so, yeah listen you guys have been asking me about connor mcgregor forever did i'm um, did you see connor mcgregor's tweet which one well, i think mean, yeah. the retirement tweet oh yes i'm yes, retired yes. birthday cake i'm retired
0: all right gentlemen after listening to that, after hearing that, and real quick, let me give you give everybody some context. Um, unfortunately, I didn't; <laughs> the, the the other ones didn't pull up for me all time. But um, essentially, what was happening is that in February, Conor McGregor was trying to get a fight with Diego Sanchez. Diego Sanchez is thirty nine years old. Diego Sanchez, as we saw this weekend, is completely washed, and uh, he was trying to fight him. So Dana White said, "Look, man, why would we fight him? No, this isn't happening." Kinda McGregor of got pissed off because he seems like he wants to get out here, and that's what Dana says. So, gentlemen, I'm gonna start Cam with you. Um, what do you believe? Whose side are we on? Whose side should we be taking on this one? I mean. Yeah. Well, not B-Cam, Cameron Smith.
3: My bad, brother. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh, good. No, man, I got to side with Dana White on this, man. And when you have these private conversations, you think it's something that is not going to be exposed to the public. That's why you have DMs. That's why you have these private conversations. But in this day and age, man, really nothing's private. So you kind of kind of watch your guard and watch these conversations that you're having. And it's ironic because I was watching randomly an interview with Wale yesterday, and he was on the Breakfast Club talking about how he had a conversation with Jay Cole right before Cole dropped False Prophets, and how Cole was using a lot of things in False Prophets. It was a personal conversation, and he was just looking like, "Yo, you supposed to be my man, and you sharing stuff that not directly, you know, word for word what I was saying, but it led you to close, these, too. to the right, to, the, to these verses and to these lines." So um, you just got to be cognizant and aware of these situations where you have guys that are thirsty, which Conor McGregor is. And he's thirsty enough to fight a, uh, fight, fight a washed up fighter. Um, so Dana White, I got I, I got I to gotta side with you in this situation, man. That that's that's cool. We we don't do that. The game has changed, man. It's
0: a different <laughs> game that we're in now. Truly, man. Truly, uh, Sean b Cam, what do you think,
1: brother? Wale well, has done a few questionable things. No one was thinking about Wale the false team. <laughs> like, literally nobody, and he just snitched on himself. <laughs> like, typical, although I'm a Wale fan. Just, Now, in in this scenario, I'm going to have to and just like when I say I'm on on someone's side, like like I'm slightly leaning that direction. Don't mean I'm actually on anybody's side here. I will lean in the direction of Dana White. What business Conor McGregor has fighting Diego Sanchez? I don't know. Obviously, Conor McGregor is Dana White's fighter. He's going to want to maximize that promotion and make the most money out of it. From a business standpoint, that makes sense. I mean, while Dana White has a history of being somewhat of an asshole to his fighters i think Con mcgregor has some a little bit more clout here somewhat because, because he he he's the money maker but at the end of the day i've never ever been with that screenshot shit i think that shit is weak and that it does violate man code i think it's just some weak ass shit like to screenshot messages and leak them i have never ever been cool with that shit i I've just, that, I, don't, I i there's something about it that's always rubbed me rubbed me the wrong way guy girl whatever
2: yeah, I, I'm with you. Yes, Sean, please. Yeah, no, that shit is wild corny. But I, I, I'll say this, right? We all know that big time fighters fight washed up fighters all the time before they get. It's a setup fight so they could get they could get just get in the ring before they get the the, the big match. But he just right?
0: did that. He did that
2: against Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, that's true. That is true. But hey, maybe he wanted a little more time, bro. This is Conor <laughs> we talking about, right? Whatever. But I will say this about the. The comments. This th- you don't. The first time you address it is not with screenshots. You come out. You could. I don't give a fuck what you do. Call a press conference. Thanks. Hop on IG live. Do whatever. And you come out and say, "Look, don't listen to Dana White. This is I'm, this is face to face talking with your fans on Twitter, wherever you want to do it." Yeah. Hey, I, I, I was talking to Dana White. I was trying to set up fights. I didn't like how it was going. I even I even threw out gathy Like I was trying to fight him. They it. it, it we couldn't we couldn't find a common ground on it. The COVID the, the COVID thing happened. And now we are where we are. I didn't want to wait. I, I, I figured going into retirement would be the better option for me. And then if some other shit jumps out and Dana comes out and starts capping at press conferences and starts lying on you, you say, look, bro, I got the messages like we we ain't got to do this. Then you could maybe start thinking so give about give him a
0: little bit of prior. Like, if he was listen, a little bit of prior warning and it was a little bit more, but for Connor to just go out there and go. I, I, I got the, I got you got go. the receipts, okay. bro.
2: Don't 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 test me with with all this bullshit. You up here telling the fans that I you couldn't schedule me a fight. Like I was ready okay. to fight. I told you I was ready to fight. But yeah, for you to be sitting in Dublin or wherever the fuck and put out text messages straight off the rip is corny. I
1: from Connor. from Connor. Oh, from Conor McGregor's perspective, I think he needed screenshots for someone like myself to even pay attention because Conor McGregor's Twitter timeline is like an old school media takeout. He just literally saying what the fuck (laughs) ever, like, from you know, this with Dana White to I'm fighting Manny Pacquiao in in the middle East. Like, and none of that stuff is official yet. Maybe some of it comes through, like literally maybe 20% of what the fuck he's talking about comes true. You know, McGregor just be bored. He walling on Twitter, it's like a couple of steps lower than Kanye. Yeah. Absolutely,
0: yeah. man. No, I, I feel you. so I look at it, um, I thought for my take on it, it was, I thought it was wild corny. Um, I, I think that when we actually see a superstar doing that, it, it's just a bad look. Um, but speaking of a bad Don't look, push I want to get your guy,
2: Don't push shit well, in You better send voice notes.
0: Seriously. <laughs> seriously. Seriously. You know what I'm saying? Um, let me ask you guys this. He also, in his Twitter rant, said that he is fighting Manny Pacquiao. And again, that is the uh, casual of casual fights, the crossover of crossovers. Um, Manny Pacquiao's team has come out and said, no, this is happening. We're just waiting. We're trying to essentially figure out the numbers. Conor McGregor and Manny Pacquiao have the exact same management team. So obviously, I think this fight is actually something that is going to happen. Um, Do you think this is a bad idea for Conor McGregor? Whoever take the floor, I don't care. I I'm, think... just
3: get, I'm just gonna get a thumbs up. Like more power to you, bro. You want to fight Manny Pacquiao? Okay, cool. Like I mean, that doesn't move the needle for anybody. Like I mean, are you seriously gonna pay money to watch those cats fight? Like people, I mean, you know, really? Like that's that's
0: all. Let me ask you guys support. this. But here's the thing: Do you think that there is going to be a level of interest for it? There are people because think about it. You have the zone already, and I don't know if some of you guys heard this, but they were trying to say that Canelo Alvarez's actual opponents in his weight class that are the world-class fighters aren't, you know, people that we should be paying attention for. We, they wanted these, like, these these type of fights, these, these sideshow event fights. They want, you know, uh, Conor versus, uh, versus Khabib and, you know, uh, versus Mayweather versus Pacquiao. They want this shit. So when we see these things and we hear them, is this just kind of the wave? Or do we need to cut this shit out
1: from the jump? I think McGregor obviously he's looking to cash another check. I don't think he has any. I, I don't think he he thinks he's going to win. I mean, but he just wants to cash another check, and people will pay for it, even if it does. Yo, he thirty percent.
0: Fuck it, out by Manny Pacquiao,
1: but yeah. even if he does, even if the fight does thirty percent. Of what Mayweather versus McGregor did, that's still a mm-hmm. solid check, a solid check for both of them. I didn't think Pacquiao was at the place in his career where he was taking these type of fights yet. He still is fighting at the top level, as far as we know. Last time he was in the ring, he fought Keith Thurman, but it's been over a year since that. We don't know where his skills are. And we were hoping to find some to see some other legitimate fights before he decided to go this route with his career. But if he goes this route with his career, I don't see him coming back and going to the top level again. For McGregor, mm-hmm. it's just a check. Yeah, is it, is I, I think a, I, I can't think blame it. done.
0: No, no. no. And, and honestly, here's the thing. I think this is an exit strategy for, for both men. Um, I, I think because here's the thing. If that takes Connor McGregor away uh, for a little bit longer, what's going to the, the division? He's already not a top four guy in his weight class. So we think about that. I mean, What's going to happen within another year? We're getting guys getting better and better and better. Um, This might be just the last cash grab. Hey, I'm going to do this, get one big show and get out. Um, uh, Because at the end of the day, they're not going to have him fight Diego Sanchez on the undercard of some shit. It's not going to happen. And then there's going to be nobody who actually wants to watch it. Um, All right. uh, In terms of fighting, anything fight-wise we want to go ahead and touch on before I move on to the next thing.
2: I'll say no. this. There's going to be yes, some sir. people that pay for Pac-Man McGregor period. That's Packs. just what it is. Period point blank. Uh, I don't know if it's a, uh, if it's a check grab for McGregor. Cause I think when I think of uh, a check, I think of a guy that might be hurting for some bread and he's just fight out there collecting it. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a personal thing. Like he even tweeted earlier uh, this week that, you know, it's an honor to fight Pacquiao and Mayweather and da 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 da. It might be just something he wants to do, man. And, and he'd, and he's the, he's the guy that does what he wants.
0: Okay. No, I love, I, I love it. If he does it, I mean, do I have interest? Like, Oh, this is something I want to see. No, but I'm going to be honest with you. I-, I think Manny Pacquiao, if they do in the fighting, he's not nice. Like uh Mayweather is, he's going to out there and try to knock his face off. And as we saw, he dropped, like, like Brandon said, Keith Thurman earlier this year. I mean, he's still at the top of his game, even though he's in his forties, um, it, it's going to look bad if they do compete. All right, uh, moving right along. One thing I do want to talk about, since I have my Chicago brethrens in the building, my, my basketball aficionados in the building, I need to ask about two things. I we to stick with Chi-Town first. Ra, what are you guys' thoughts on Billy Donovan being signed by the Chicago Bulls? I wanna start off with uh, with uh Cam. Bro, what are your thoughts on this? Is this the right pickup for the Bulls?
3: Keep in mind the previous two head coaches that the Bulls had. Jim Whoa. Boylan, remember Let me that try era?
0: Forget, man. Right. Come on. Fred
3: Hoiberg, man. you remember that era? Who's actually better than Jim Boylan as head coach? But when you're better than Jim Boylan, you're still not doing as as uh good of a job in comparison to the rest of the coaches in the NBA. So My thoughts on Billy Donovan coming to Chicago is good because this is a guy that made the playoffs five straight years with Oklahoma City. Yeah, they underachieved that year when they had KD and Russ, and they lost to Golden State. I get all of that. But I think what's encouraging for Bulls fans that they have to understand is that what Billy Donovan did this past season by getting this Oklahoma City team to the playoffs in the Western Conference. You think about the teams in the West, right? A lot were competing for that final eight spot and Oklahoma City did a good job of strongholding and making sure that they held down their spot to get into the playoffs. So this is a guy that, again, has a lot of respect in the college ranks. That's all good and well, but it's another thing to coach in the NBA and he gained that respect for a lot of players like Kevin Durant, Russell Westbrook, and also Chris Paul. So don't look at this as Durant leaving OKC, Russell Westbrook leaving OKC as Billy Donovan's fault. Those are, They're their own men. They wanted to leave and, and, and do something else in bigger markets and try and uh, uh, really fast forward to that NBA championship. So, Bulls fans have to be encouraged, especially coming off of not making the playoffs for a very long time since since the Tom Thibodeau era. So, you got to be right. encouraged about Billy Donovan being the head coach for a young team that needs a coach like Billy Donovan that can actually coach a guy that's competent, not incompetent like Jim Boylan was.
1: Man, now now if you guys would have waited a little bit longer, you guys would have had a shot at someone like Doc Rivers. Ah. Is that something that you would have been interested in?
0: Of course, of course. Come on, man. Being in Chicago, he's a Chicago guy. I, I think yeah, yeah. that I mean, me personally would have loved to have him here. I think Doc is a great coach. I mean, twenty years of experience. Yes, he shit to bed, you know, going three, one, three different times. I mean, but at the end of the day, I think he's a phenomenal coach. I think he brings a great amount of talent there. I mean, yes, if Doc Rivers was there, but Billy Donovan, what he did with OKC this year, for me, was encouraging. So I'm kind of like, uh, I guess, you know.
2: I'll say this about Doc and Billy. I think. Billy is excited about this job. I don't think Doc would have been excited to come to Chicago. I agree. So I think that's a very, very, very big, big difference. Um, Billy Donovan brings accountability. He brings respect. The first thing you need as a coach in anything, I don't care if it's high school, your players have to respect you. The players thought Jim Boylan, like the rest of the city, was a clown. They'll respect Jim Boylan. They'll believe – I mean, they'll believe in Billy Donovan. They'll believe in what he's saying. Carnasovis believes in him. That's the new uh the new president. So I'm very, very, very encouraged uh to to piggyback off cam. I agree with everything you said. Um he comes, his pedigree is the college ranks. He's gonna teach our young guys, he's gonna, he's gonna groom them how uh Sovis wants. And if you hear the guys, the vets talk, Westbrook. Uh, Joe Kim all those guys that uh the superstars even CP3. yeah that he's been Man that he's been with um they like him so i uh, i i really really enjoy the hire and even if it's like a bridge hire even if he's here for 4 or 5 years and right. then they, they they go another direction um i think it's a great hire for the city and uh, it, it, it it brings excitement to to the to a team that was dead I've never, I've never not cared about the Bulls more than I did when Jim Boylan was. Coach. S- no yeah. shit.
0: That, that's real. That, that's real. Um, question. Now that with him as coach and us having the number four pick in the draft, how do you guys feel that's going to actually turn? Is that a good thing? Do we have a chance to get anybody that's worthy?
3: I mean, this is tough spot draft
0: in number Ooh, four. Cam, I, mean, you I saw right. the face. I saw the face yeah. you made, brother. Oh, it's not. I mean,
3: I, with this draft and everybody, kind of each year you have this, where it's a good draft or it's a bad draft. I mean, after the first three, maybe uh, four players, depending on who gets picked in those top spots, I think that Anthony Edwards will go to Minnesota. James Weissman will go to uh, Golden State. And then LaMelo Ball will go to, I believe, Charlotte. Has the third guy. I haven't um, looked at the, the lottery uh, makeup in, in a while, and the Bulls have the fourth spot. So I think they grab Obi Toppin, the Bulls will, um, just to kind of plug them into that spot. Because if you look at their roster makeup, um, from a scoring standpoint, especially at the guard spot, you know, know that the NBA is a guard-dominated league. They already yes. have a young Kobe White, who had a phenomenal rookie season. I believe he Great made second-team all-rookie. can score the basketball. I would like to see him set up more. More guys um, and make plays for others. But then you have your scores in Zach Levine at the guard spot, right? You have Otto Porter, who got thrown a boatload of money to come to Chicago in that trade. You have Laurie Markin, again, that's finding his basketball sense about him since Jim Boylan has left. So you have, again, three guys automatically that have status in the league in terms of their experience wanting to get more shots, more points. So drafting a guard with what's presented for the team really doesn't make sense for the bulls. And if you want to draft a big, yeah, you can draft James Weissman, but now does that mean Wendell Carter Jr. go to the bench? How will he fit in with marketing? So but you have that 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 kind of pecking order already set for this team. That's why I think Obi Toppin is a good pick because he's a guy that will bring you energy off the bench. He's not a guy that you will con- throw the ball to and say, Hey, go get a buck. If you saw that in Dayton, That's cool, not knocking his skills. But when you get to a league, it's a different story. And this is a guy that's only 6'8". And we know the guys that are are 6'8 in the league are mostly kind of like shooting guards, small forwards. And he's not really that sound defensively. So you want to put him into a situation where he's coming off the bench and can bring that energy, get out and run. So I think that will be their pick at number four. But this draft is not anything where you can say, okay, well, there's a lot of gems here and everybody wants to kind of tap this guy, tap that guy. They don't know. (laughs) <laughs> it's
0: all
2: right. you got to kind and wait and see yeah uh, sean what do you think man yeah i agree with that and it's funny like with with billy donovan getting hired and i've i've been so locked in on the core and what we already have i had i hadn't honestly till you just asked that question i hadn't thought about the first pick at all at the, uh, at the fourth pick at all uh especially yeah. with the top three guys uh, it's it's a it's a top heavy draft. We could put it like that. But there's one thing about the draft, man. You never know what 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 happens in that that sweet that sweet range of right outside the lottery. So, I mean, we have the fourth pick. It's better than the seventh. We'll have different options. And um, hey, I'm a big I'm a big com- uh proponent of pick the best player on the board. I don't don't fit him into anything, especially with this the way the NBA is. You could run out a, a whole a, all types of different lineups where everybody's six, eight, so it's it's sure. just don't don't pick a center because we feel like we need to have a more presence on the board. Go get a better player, and then because you never know what's going to happen with things moving around in the new front office and Otto Porter making thirty million dollars with this with his contract expiring. Mm-hmm. um so get the best guy available and, and a guy that you think will I fit like the it. culture. The culture, right. because that's what's being renewed in Chicago. All
4: Man,
3: right, so Sean, you, you, said, you said culture. Like, that's something that we haven't heard in Chicago in a long-ass time. Haven't had it. Right? Since the Jordan year. Well, not even Jordan years, I'm sorry, but the Derrick Rose-Tom Thibodeau era. Yeah. Right? That was the last time that we had some kind of culture where you're seeing what this new front office is doing with, with bringing in Arturis Kanisa Voss and, uh, and, and Eversley and opening up the pocketbooks to get Billy Donovan. So they have this new, mm-hmm. fresh thinking, this new, fresh energy that that this franchise well, desperately needed. So we'll, we'll see what the they big, do with that. That's the pick.
2: biggest thing, man. It's the culture around the the organization needs to be positive because it hasn't been that.
0: Well, look, man, speaking of culture and guys who are part of that Thibodeau era, let, let's talk about Jimmy Butler and the Heat are actually about to play against the Lakers in the finals. The Lakers have made it. Um, it it's I think we, we all expected them to end up playing Denver, or not Denver, we thought, you know, instead of Denver, it's gonna end up being the Clippers. Ended up being Denver. They ended up giving them a five piece and kept it moving also. Gentlemen, excitement level for this this championship. How do you think it's gonna go? Uh Brandon, man, what's up? What do what are your thoughts on this?
1: I mean, I see the Lakers in five, but I think it's uh I think it's very <laughs> I think it's interesting. <laughs> I think that the Lakers overmatched them, but that's the odds that the Heat have been up against the entire playoffs. And Jimmy Butler continues to come through. You mentioned a word that's pretty relevant here is culture. He bought his his mindset, his culture to the Heat, and he's impacted that entire team. He's made the entire team better, and they've been able to overcome what I think on paper are better teams than them Um, in both the Bucs and, the, and then the Celtics. So while it looks like the Lakers should – win this series in an easy five, five, maybe six games, I think Jimmy Butler is going to have something else to say. And the d- defensive mindset that he brings that he breaks the floor, he's going to make it low scoring. That's something that benefits the heat. If it's a low scoring game, he tends to have these games where they might be t- down by 10. He'll take over in the fourth quarter and he'll steal a win. We'll see how it all plays out, but I still say the Lakers in five.
2: All right. Sean, what's up, man? What are your thoughts? i am I excited about the matchup? I'm extremely excited. I think the heat are the were the only team that could give them a little trouble. I mean, you could throw bam at a d. He can move his feet is versatile enough to at least give him a little trouble. I don't think anybody can stop a d from scoring thirty, but maybe he'll make him work a little more. Uh, and Before then there's a out. lot of and then there's a lot of wing guys that you could throw at LeBron. So you could throw Jimmy at him. You could throw um. I'm, I'm blanking on uh, – you could throw Crowder at him. You could throw a lot of different people at LeBron, like another guy that you're not going to stop if he really wants to go get it. But it's, it's a lot of bodies that you could throw at those two guys. Um, I'm really excited. I'm really happy for Jimmy. Uh, Miami's one of the toughest teams I've seen in quite a bit. I haven't seen a team go down 13, 14 points, never blink, always stay together, always stay within the offense, always keep their identity – on the flip side, if you watch that Boston Heat series, any that they caught a punch, uh, the Celtics did for Miami, they crumbled. They, they, that, yeah. they, they started taking really bad shots. The zone completely just folded them up, and they would panic. Miami doesn't have any panic in them whatsoever that I've seen. Uh, they have a lot of guys that can go get you a bucket and go get you a bucket by themselves. Jimmy Butler will go get you a bucket by himself. Goran Dragic will go get you a bucket by himself. Tyler Hero apparently
0: is a bucket. Can, can, can I don't go care get, what Paul Pierce says. He's can, a
2: bucket. <laughs> can go give anybody a bucket when he needs to by himself. Apparently, so they have a lot of guys that can score. Um, and it seems like, and I, I and I'm gonna let you go in a sec, uh, Cam. But it seems every time Boston needs a big performance for someone. Someone shows up. I'm waiting for the finals for Kelly Linick to have 30 points one game because that's what it seems like happens. The other night, I, uh, Andre Iguodala hadn't done anything all season, all playoffs. He comes hey. in in a, in a closeout game and hits four threes. Uh, yeah. Dragic, anytime I need a bucket, it's just like it's been too perfect what's going on. Uh, They're like a so team of destinies. Yeah, those dudes are out
0: there balling right now, and they, yeah, they it's really be do seem like they've bought into the city. They they're a they're the definition of a Pat Riley team. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like they have this DNA all over it. I love what I'm seeing. Uh, Cam, what you think, bro? Uh,
2: Lakers in seven. Oh,
0: Lakers in seven. Like
3: <laughs> you know what, man? I got to side with uh with Brandon on 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 his prediction and Lakers in five. I feel that same way. I think they go gentlemen sweep from the first round all the way to the NBA championship. You saw what they did against Portland. Same thing against Houston, and then we just saw it against Denver. Where, yeah, you see some weaknesses in their game. But I think the ultimate X factor has always been LeBron. And he's been that X factor uh, since he started making his finals appearances, right? So back in 07 with Cleveland. So once he finally got himself uh to, and ironically enough, uh since he was playing against the Heat, when he got to Miami, he found out how to win, how to get over that hurdle. Um, and once he did that, he was able to kind of take it and carve his own path in the NBA in terms of being mentioned amongst the greats. But the, the, the thing about Miami that they can really, really change this series on is their defense, and we've seen that time and time again. What they did with Indiana, shut them out and swept them. You saw it again when they played against Milwaukee and uh, this past series with Boston. When they really, when they really want to lock in, it's dangerous. And if you're looking at a Lakers team that's not making shots. You got to keep this in mind that they have streaky shooters and Danny Green. Yeah, I know he's won multiple championships, oh, but bro, he's a streaky Danny shooter. Danny
0: Green
3: gets cold, boy. caldwell Pope. he's another streaky shooter oh, as well. Oh, man, he hurts your and, heart. And, and not even <laughs> just a streaky. And caldwell Pope is not just a streaky shooter, but he's a streaky player, just like Kyle Kuzma. So if those guys, the other guys aren't producing and aiding an Anthony Davis in their production offensively, then it's going to be a long series for the Lakers. I think the, the goal for Miami is to try and limit LeBron as much as possible and allow Anthony Davis, not allow, but he's going to get his and kind of make sure that, that they try and focus their efforts on LeBron because when LeBron has it rolling, as we saw in game five the other night, when he has it rolling, Ooh. it's dangerous. And if he gets to that situation where he knows that he sees something within your defense, we know that LeBron is just in another world in terms of how he studies. Um, mm-hmm. his memorizations, all of those things. When he sees that, he's able to really hone in on that and really continue to pound and really pick at that wound. So mm-hmm. you have Igadala, you have Jay Crowder, like you said, Sean. You can throw, um, Derrick yeah, Jones Jr. out there. You got, Iguodala. you got all these guys. You got Jimmy, a lot of force that can try and slow down LeBron. So I think that's going to be the, the game plan for Eric Spolster and that heat defense. But to flip it back to LA and why I think they'll win in five games is because. Mm-hmm. Now they've hit his stride, right? And yeah. the thing about their streaky guys is that they've had a couple of games, or at least a few games at least, where they've really put things together, making shots, making timely plays. Rajon Rondo has been huge in the playoffs. Playoff like, Rondo's he came for back, real. Right? He's been doing his thing, and he's a guy that's been there, done that. He's been to the NBA Finals. He's won a championship. Same thing with LeBron. These are you two leaders and guys that have been in the league the mm-hmm. longest for that team and talking about the experience of the Lakers. So they understand what it takes so you best believe they're talking to an ad especially or kyle kuzma or even a continuous caldwell pope and i'm blanking and i'm forgetting about danny green he's been there done that too and winning yeah. championships they know what it takes to to really uh uh really steal games right and those there have been times where the lakers have looked like they've been down and out and they've come back to win things so lakers in five lebron gets his fourth chip I know it's going to open the floodgates for so this LeBron-Jordan conversation. That's another <laughs> conversation for another day. But I think the Lakers win it.
2: Yeah, really quick. Um, yes, sir. You talked about the Lakers being able to steal games. Miami been stealing games all postseason. Ooh, That's all yes, they've been they doing is stealing games. And yeah, I'll le- I'll leave it with this. Spolstra uh, is very familiar with LeBron and his tendencies and what he likes to do. Yeah. And the yes. way they neutralized Boston was really interesting. I'm sure Spolstra being his coach for two championships is going to have something for that as well. And that's another matchup. You
3: got to pay attention to Sean. You got to look at the head coaching matchup with Frank Mm -hmm. and Eric Spolster, right? Spolster is really getting his name out there even more like, yo, no, he's one of the best basketball minds that this game has ever seen. Right. Not just for today's NBA, but this game has ever seen by way he strategizes and gets guys to maximize their talent. Like nobody thought that Tyler hero was going to be doing this by this time in the NBA playoffs. right? Now, I so, will say
0: this. I did have him picked as my dark horse for rookie of the year, but I mean, that's just beside the point. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, th- I, th- I think one, one thing I want to ha- highlight about Eric Spolstra and the, and the heat is that I I thought, and I think a lot of people thought the days of the one su- superstar teams were done. Like ever since the Boston Celtics had that big three, we haven't seen any dom- any really good teams that only had one superstar. And the Heat are proving that it still can be done with one superstar. They went out and got themselves not a huge superstar, but more of a mid-level superstar, and they made it all the way to the NBA Finals. So for someone with a rebuilding team like the Knicks, it is a It does uh, give me some hope. Man, I,
0: I I'll, I'll say this: they remind me of the um, the old Detroit Pistons teams, um, the ones that beat the Lakers in, in the early two thousands. Those with you know with Chauncey Billups and all those really strong defensive teams. Um, not the biggest names on there, but they play extremely well together, man. I think they're a dangerous team. And with all that being said, I got Lakers in five. <laughs> even That's even at four. All part, maybe, maybe
2: it's just wishful thinking because I want to see more basketball. But I think five five is five is tough, man. I, I did I more that, I think about it, man, I, I try sure to give sure.
0: I, I, I try to give them a chance and stuff, but man, more I think about it, I just it's just it's it's all about matchups and matchup
2: wise, it's just not oh, good matchups. I, for them. Like, I think I, just, it, I think I, it, I think they are matched up well. That's the thing. We'll I think they we'll are see. matched I, up I, pretty I, well.
0: I love it. And i like to say, if it goes past five, we will all come back and have a discussion. If Miami absolutely wins, we will have to come back and have a discussion. And so much, man. But with that being said, Beryl, that is about all the time we have uh, today's episode of the greatest combat sports culture in the entire universe. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Uh, before we get out of here, final closings, closing thoughts for the day. It could be on anything. It could be culture. It could be anything we want to talk about. It's, it's, the floor is yours. to start off with the guru. b can what it do?
1: Yes, sir. One thing I didn't get a chance to get into today is Derek James. So I want to give a huge shout out to him, the only trainer in boxing that has two unified champions.
0: Salute to that man. Salute to that man. Going down. Let's go ahead, Sean. Sean, what's up, bro?
2: Hey, man. Shout out, Nick Foles, man. Bears three and zero. That's it. Keep it. Keep it short (laughs) and simple, man. We got a. We got a quarterback now. Uh, Apparently. (laughs) Uh, uh,
0: uh, Apparently. 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 We're gonna see. We'll see. All right. Cam, brother, thank you again for joining me, bro, with closing thoughts.
3: Yo, it's ironic that Sean brought up Nick Foles in the bed because I wanted to shout out the real Chicago Twitter for jumping on Twitter and telling Barstool Chicago to not drop those BDN shirts. BDN. that They're going <laughs> to try and sell. Like, if you're from Chicago, the real Chicago, do then you know what BDN stands for. So well, shout out right. to, to everybody, including myself, that jumped on there was like, nah, don't do that. We saved
0: lives. We saved yeah, lives, number one. Legitimately. Yeah. That was, that was, it, did, yeah, it I, didn't I have, have a, it that.
2: didn't have a bear symbol on it or nothing. It just nothing, said BDN nothing. on it. Just BDN. Bro. Bro. Yeah. That could have got real nah. ugly. <laughs>
0: yeah, I saw that quick. on Twitter. It would have been quick, real quick. So, um uh, it, yeah, it is what it
2: is. The folks buying that shirt, not on that part of town anyway, they'd have been out.
0: <laughs> <It'll been easy. laughs>
3: don't, don't make that wrong
2: turn. I don't, don't
3: make that, drive, that
0: wrong turn, though, man, on <laughs> <till>? <laughs> man. Oh, bro, in a bad way, uh, gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. Um, I, oh, and real quick, before we get you out of here, also, um, where can they find you and want you guys to plug what you guys are currently working on as well? Um, Cam, what do you what you got, bro? Yeah.
1: Oh, my bad. <laughs> my bad.
3: My bad, my bad. No, you good, you good, B. Um Cameron Smith, you see, that's my social media handle for all social media platforms. Um, and right now I'm working on a couple of podcasts. So I'll, I'll keep everybody in tune with that. That I'm developing that's on enough. my own. So one is gonna be with my grandfather, who is a uh, a Korean war that's veteran, enough. has won a Purple Heart, an avid baseball guy, loves the Cubs, loves the that's Cardinals. Amazing. So he has a lot of stories that I think that uh the people need to hear. And he's a talker. So um that's coming out. And I got my own that's sports podcast uh dropping hopefully in the next week or two. So uh I Amen. keep keep everybody in tune with that.
0: Oh. Well, when you do, man, please let us know, man. We'll definitely help pub that for you as well. Love what you're doing, bro. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Um what's it called? Uh Sean Little Brother, what'd it do?
2: No catch up the podcast at no catch up shy. You see it on the, on the ticker. Uh, yeah, man. Sports talk via Chicago. We keep it 100 across the board. No, cor- no corn balls allowed is the motto. Check us out. iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, man. We everywhere with it. There it you is. see The logo.
0: We see it. Love Let's it. I it. love it, man. No catch up. Damn it. Bcam cam brother. What'd it do?
1: Yes, yeah, sir. Bcam cam 13 on Instagram and B cam. with one M on Twitter.
0: There it is, man. Well, thank you guys so much for joining me on today's episode. This has been episode 234 of the greatest combat sports and culture show in the entire universe, man. Thank you so much to my guests, my boys. Gentlemen, thank you guys so much. Uh, remember, check us out everywhere podcasting is available. We're also on, obviously, we're on uh, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn. Twitch. Everywhere, man. So show us some love there. The Fight Podcast. Show me some love at Serge Vicente. And we'll see you guys next time. Right here on the Fight Podcast. Deuces. Ah, I'm sending them